We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And that was a unique win. Wolves 106, Thunder 103. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking it's a it's a good thing that I do not start recording these things until a couple hours after the game. I'm serious. If I just turned on these mics as soon as the game ended, I mean, I was feeling the same way. I'm sure all of you were that watched it. I'd, I'd just be I'd just be laughing at that one. I mean, for it's it's a good thing to take some time and actually, you know, get some perspective of what of what really happened in that game and and tonight it's just you know we we saw the fact play out that this Wolves team just isn't good enough right now to win in any other fashion than this. But at the same time, a, a win is a win, and you know, unless you're a a, a tanking for a forty percent chance of keeping the pick truther, well then, I mean, I I don't want to tell you, winning is a good thing. You know, could have, could have this game been a cleaner win? Of course. But could this team have won this game cleaner than this? I, I don't think so. I mean, point out to me the game this year that has shown you that the Wolves can play cleaner than this. But that, that, that they've won. A game where they got a lead, extended the lead, and then put their foots on the opponent's neck. Hasn't happened. I mean, they beat the Pelicans by 10 in the home opener. Woo. Detroit. They beat the Jazz by 5. Nice. But Cat played in that game. They beat the Spurs by eight one time without DeMar DeRozan. Cool. They beat the Pelicans in that one game, which felt like I'm 90% sure that the Pelicans didn't care about the, that game. And then they beat the Cavs by five one time. Those are the five wins before tonight. And, and now you beat the Thunder, who didn't have any point guards. I mean, th- this is about what the level of wins are for this team right now. So, we, I mean, we can make fun of them. That's easy. Or or we can go, all right, that was way better than getting blasted by the Warriors twice 
and way better than whatever the hell happened in the Spurs game. I mean, I think you just got to take take this one for what it's worth. I mean, and that's just that it was better than a loss, but not much more than that. Cool. On to the next one. And, you know, that was the vibe in the quote-unquote Zoom locker room tonight. I mean, none of the players were celebrating this. They they all called it ugly, and they all acknowledged that, you know, that ugly is better than the alternative. And, and yeah, and that was that was top-down, starting with their, their best player, the player who hit the game-winning shot, D'Angelo Russell. Hey, D'Lo, I, um, I know that you, you take pride in making big shots in big situations. Can you just kind of take me through what was going through your head in that moment right before the shot? It had been kind of a, a tough game. They, they made it tough on you guys all game long. What what was it feeling like just before you let it go, and what did it feel like when you saw it flash through? Uh, I mean, the way Bees was playing throughout the game kind of opened it up for me and Ant, so anybody could have took and made that shot. Um, he's caused a lot of attention at the end of the game. He came, slipped out of the screen, a little miscommunication, and saw the rim. I just wanted to give us a chance. And Ryan was saying that yesterday you guys spent a lot of time on on fourth quarter offense and executing down the stretch. Um, what did you see tonight? Do you think you guys made strides there? I mean, how much improvement is still left to be done um, in, in that area so that you can make them a habit out of out of winning these close games instead of dropping them the way you have? Um, a lot of work to do, honestly. I think tonight the ball just bounced our way. You know, we didn't go out there and kind of take it. We let them linger around, and they almost took the game. So it's a lot of work to do. Um, a win's a win. It was ugly, but still learn from it. So let's do what Delo said there. Let's talk about what we can learn from that one. Talk about what is making this ugly and how the next win, whenever that is, maybe tomorrow, same team, um, you know, how can we make it so it's not the same brand of gross? I, I think tonight's game was better in the fourth quarter than it was in the fourth against San Antonio. I mean, low bar, but it was. And I think that goes back to what Dila was saying. You know, the late game offense was open because they used Malik Beasley. Now, that doesn't mean that Malik Beasley got the last shot but he was involved. That D'Lo look is not clean without Beasley executing his part of that peel screen to cause miscommunication, you know, between the guy that was guarding Malik and the guy that was guarding D'Lo. They ran that deliberately. And because of that, you know, it, it worked. As we talked about on here on the pod after the San Antonio game, that was the problem in the fourth quarter of that game. They weren't executing anything in the fourth. They weren't being deliberate at all. They, that's why every possession ended with D'Lo needing to isolate out of a pick and roll. The game winner in this one, it might have felt like hero ball again, but it wasn't. I mean, hero ball is when you don't run anything and you just try and take over. This time they ran what they wanted to run and they got the look that they wanted to get. Was it gorgeous? Hell no. Was it better than the San Antonio game? Hell yes. I asked Saunders about the difference in the late game offense tonight after in, in his post game tonight. Ryan, you talked about after uh, the last game that that maybe you wanted to, in hindsight, have a little bit more diversity in in your offense down the stretch of that game. Um, did you feel that you you got that tonight um, in in the fourth quarter here, where it feels like these games when they're close for you guys, it's kind of it's a little bit more static, right? Like where it's 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 one possession at a time. Do you feel like you're yeah. passing the baton there well? Oh, I did, I did, Dane. Uh, you know, I'll have to watch it. You know, just to <laughs> see see how I feel with it, but. You know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, I, I told you we spent 45 minutes 
on our fourth quarter package yesterday in, in practice. And, you know, we went to, you know, four or five of those sets. Those guys were able, able to, you know, execute. And maybe we didn't necessarily score, but we were able to get shots that we liked. Um, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, late in the game, I mean, hey, D'Lo, D'Lo's been a big shot maker in his career. And I got a lot of confidence and faith in D'Lo. So, you know, putting the ball in his hands, um, you know, trying to get that miscommunication up there. Um, you know, I like what those guys were able to do. Related to that late game group, I thought it was notable that yet again, Ricky Rubio was in to close the game alongside DeAndre Russell. Obviously, this is a point of contention. You know, we, we talked about how after the last game that Saunders opted to close with Rubio over Okogi or anyone else to try and get some offense against the Spurs. And obviously, that didn't prove effective. And tonight, Saunders did again close with Rubio next to Dilo. We've talked plenty this year on the pod about the lack of synergy that those two have seemed to show on the floor, but we, we haven't really touched on the numbers in a while here. And that's really, now that we're 22 games in the season, that's where it's really getting you know incriminating. So I think it's time we hit on where exactly those numbers are and why Saunders continues to put those two point guards out there together. But first, we'll take a quick break. What's up, everybody? We have something to tell you about here at Blue Wire, and that is that we love sports betting. And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started, we want to let you know uh, great resources for sports bettors, and that's the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Pro Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages on every game. You can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of Pro Systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the way to get started. For a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code MORE50, M-O-O-R-E-5-0. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code MORE50 to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. So as I said before the break, Saunders again closed with Rubio next to D'Lo. It's it's just interesting to me, and this has happened with other different pairings too, but with the Rubio and D'Lo pairing specifically, they don't play a lot together yet for the whole game, yet they close the games together. I mean, tonight they played, D'Lo and Rubio played for seven minutes on the floor together. But five of those seven minutes were the final five minutes of the game. And it was the same thing in the Spurs game. They played 11 total minutes together, but six of those 11 minutes were the final six minutes. And I don't know. I feel like that's in ways acknowledging how bad these numbers are, but also trying to spite them. I mean, in terms of raw numbers, it it just doesn't make sense at all to play Rubio and Russell next to each other right now. The results certainly haven't justified it. I mean, in in the 141 minutes now that those two have shared the floor, including tonight, the Wolves have been outscored by 81 points when Rubio and D'Lo are on the floor together this year. I mean, you compare that to Rubio and Lehman, who have played 148 minutes, about the same, and those two are only minus 16. 
or compare compare that minus 81 to the 434 minutes that D'Lo and Beasley have shared the floor together, over three times as much as D'Lo and Rubio have played, and they're only minus 95. It's not just that they're, they're a different version of bad when those two are both out there. I mean, the, the Wolves have played 32 different pairings together this season for over 125 minutes, two-man pairings. And the only pairing on the team that has a worse net rating than D'Lo and Rubio is Rubio and Edwards. That's not good. I mean, when D'Lo and Rubio are on the floor together, the Wolves are getting outscored by 22.4 points per 100 possessions this season. And that's because statistically, it's both one of their worst defensive pairings. They have a defensive rating of like 120 and one of their worst offensive pairings. It's like an offensive rating of like 97. So why does Saunders continue to go to it? John Krasinski asked uh, Saunders about that after yesterday's practice, and I thought I thought this answer was illuminating. Hey, Ryan, uh, the 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 sheer just the the raw numbers um, on offense stuff with Ricky and D'Lo, it's pretty glaring in terms of the the plus minus and things. Like, how do you decide how long to stick with a group like that, and, or with a pairing like that as you go forward when the numbers don't seem to support yeah. that? But then I know that there's a limited options as well. I just wondered yeah. if you could kind of walk me through a little bit of how you figure that that part of it out yeah i mean part of it is the feel but the numbers do do matter and uh you know i think you saw for a while there we, we uh you know didn't have those guys playing together much um you know part of part of me says that for us to be a good team you know we gotta we gotta get those guys comfortable together um and you know where a guy like ricky can help make decisions down the stretch uh for you know to, to take some pressure off demo um, you know, especially when Cat's not playing. So, um, you know, I, I, hey, I, I look at all the numbers like everybody does. Um, but I also, you know, have confidence in, in what, you know, the plan was and has been, you know, when, when you do build out a roster. Um, and, you know, Ricky and D'Lo playing together some, um, that's something we, we got we to get better with. And uh, the only way to do that is plan. And, you know, we were able to script and, and do some of that stuff today. So I think a few things can be true here, right? The D'Lo and Rubio pairing can be the worst pairing on the team right now, and it can also be one that they do need to get comfortable with. I mean, they do. This is a big-picture thing. They have nearly $50 million invested in those two this season and next season. You can't have $50 million of players who can't share the floor. Now, are those good contracts in the first place? No. Was it a good idea to acquire them when one of the other, when Dilo was here? I mean, maybe not. But it is the reality. I, I think we, we can all sit here and say, never play them together or just start J-Mac. But I think we all know that there's a bigger game being played here. I mean, Saunders does need to play them together because this isn't a video game. I mean, he. yet at the same time, he also needs to make them play better together. It's, it's a burden, but it's one that he needs to solve. I mean, these numbers are not acceptable. They've known for months that they had this double point guard predicament. Gerson Rosas signed them up for it on draft night, and Ryan Saunders embraced it. They both spoke glowingly of Rubio, and they both spoke glowingly in the past about D'Lo. Those two, Saunders and Rosas, need to make it work. Ryan has to coach the duo better, and Gerson needs to provide pieces that better support those two, not just right now, but going forward. I mean, their jobs depend on it. Because if we're having the same conversation a year from now, and the D'Lo-Rubio pairing is just continually problematic then that's not good i mean that's a big 
break in the plan. The question I'm more intrigued with right now, if we're focusing on the right now, is are we sure that Dilo and Rubio should be closing games together? Even once they are quote-unquote comfortable. I mean, does it make sense in a basketball sense to have Rubio out there with D'Lo when Cat is back? I mean, I'll grant you that those two need to find some comfort together and that and that, that is worth digging for. Sure. But what purpose does Rubio serve on the last play of a game? What purpose did he serve at the end of the San Antonio game? If the ball is in D'Lo's hands, Rubio is just a spot-up shooter. And isn't the late-game offense just going to be Cat and D'Lo pick and roll once Cat is back? I don't know how the three best options around Cat and D'Lo in those situations aren't Beasley, Edwards, and McDaniels. Aren't they more likely to knock down a three on the off chance that Cat or D'Lo kicks it to them? If the answer there is yes, then they got to be the guys out there. I mean, if Rubio's back to making 40% of his catch-and-shoot threes, then sure. He's a good decision-maker. He's an organizer in theory, all those things. Sure, plant. But Rubio hasn't made a three since New Year's Day. Speaking of Beasley, Edwards, and McDaniels around Cat and D'Lo, I, I want that to be our last our last sort of point of the night here. And I think it's just, it's just time that those five aren't only the closing five, but also the starting five. I mean, it's... It's pretty clear it's time to start Jaden McDaniels. I mean, speaking of two-man lineup pairings, the Wolves' best two-man pairing this season includes McDaniels. It's McDaniels and Edwards, which is crazy to say. Um, they've shared the floor for 176 minutes, and when those two are on the floor in those 176 minutes, McDaniels and Edwards and the Wolves are outscoring opponents by 10.2 points per 100 possessions. Remember what the deal of Rubio number was? Minus 22.4. It's plus 10.2 with McDaniels and Edwards. Now, obviously, there's noise and stuff in that, but, I mean, McDaniels is continuing to prove that when he's out the, on the floor, the Wolves perform better. He didn't even score tonight, and he was like a plus 20. I don't have it in front of me, but it was, at some point, it was plus 20. I mean, he helps. The Wolves' second-best two-man pairing also includes McDaniels. Him and Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt they're plus 7.4 on the year. I mean, it's just, this is painfully obvious to me right now. It's the perfect storm for this team. I mean, playing McDaniels more will help the team win more, and it will help his development. And with the whole pick thing, the Wolves aren't incentivized to lose. They should be trying to win. So go ahead, play your good players, McDaniels. And they've also, you know, they're incentivized. You're always incentivized to play your first-round picks. Develop them. This is a two-birds-with-one-stone situation. I mean, and again, this is an immediate thing. This is a big picture thing too. With Cat back, there's an opportunity here. You can get 40-ish games of reps with both Ant and McDaniels next to Cat and Delo. And with that, I mean, you can help yourself define how badly you need to add a power forward before next season. If McDaniels is legit in that starting lineup, you're straight. Like, that position stops being a five-alarm fire. And then you can invest whatever resources you were going to invest at power forward in bolstering the squad, the, the rest of the squad, right? It's just, it's time to make the move to McDaniels. And I'm pretty sure that DeAndre Russell agrees with me. D'Lo spoke glowingly of McDaniels postgame. Hey, D'Lo, just wanted to get your thoughts on Jaden um, and what you've seen from him. Just, I mean, he stepped in, you know, coming out of the gates in the second half in the starting group with you. And it seems like even if, if he doesn't make shots, he's really affecting the game with his defense and his length and 
you know, for a 19 year old kid to be doing that at this early in his career, just what stands out to you when you watch him and how he's starting to fit in here? Well, one, I think I'm the last person you want to ask about Jaden. Um, I'm so high on him. Uh, I think he's way better than people are realizing. You know, he knows the game more than people expect. He makes these, you know, these exciting plays out of nowhere. And like you said, he's only 19. So for him to just keep, you know, getting that confidence, there's going to be downs. But uh, right now, I think he's on the up without even scoring the ball. So him just continue to affect the game without the ball going in the hole for him. And defensively and offense, you know, still being aggressive, I think that makes us a better team. I think he's looking special in league, too. I think eyes aren't on him. Everybody's paying attention to everything else, and that's falling into his favor. When he gets the opportunity to, you know, make the, make the wrong play or the right play, he's usually making the right play, and that's a good sign for him. You know, that was good. So you're not the last person I'd want to ask, like, maybe the first. So nice job. I praise that kid, honestly. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this interview. All right, that's all I got for tonight. That's a positive note. I will be back tomorrow night after round two against OKC. The Thunder are heavily incentivized to lose that game, um, being as I'm sure they care a lot about um, having the worst record in the league or one of the worst records in the league. Um, So a loss against one of the other worst teams in the league because, you know, (laughs) the Wolves, I mean, they, I wouldn't expect the Thunder to rush back their injured injured players for reinforcements for that game. Put it like that. I think the Bulls might win two in a row. But I've said that before. Quick pod tonight. I will talk to you all tomorrow. It's back to back. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like